السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وحده وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على من لا نبي بعده وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين My brothers, my sisters Sometimes you could have a business where you've worked very hard and you know for a fact that you've tried your best and the customers are generally happy with your service and it happens that you're a human being there will be that one guy who comes to your business perhaps and maybe he feels he had a raw deal and so what he does he gives you a very bad review he bad mouths you he goes around in society saying the nastiest things about you and your business but between you and Allah you know that the 10,000 people that really love everything that your business stands for and your ethics morals values service etc are actually way beyond just this one guy but the damage he is causing is severe and so much that it's unbearable and this probably happens to every single one of us whether you're a school teacher whether you're working for someone sometimes you work for a person and you find that you've done things right for 20 years and one mistake you've made and suddenly your own senior or boss perhaps might not even consider that you've served dedicatedly and helped towards the growth of the business beyond measure and they would never look past that one thing that you did that was a blunder or not even a blunder perhaps human nature a mistake may Allah Almighty grant us ease I give you another example sometimes you have a relationship and people think that okay you know I'm gonna give it my best shot and I'm never going to do anything wrong and mashallah you develop over years 10 years perhaps 5 years 20 years etc then one small blunder some misunderstanding a little bit of anger temper etc and you know what suddenly your spouse or your family member or a friend of yours doesn't want to give you another chance I am NOT an advocate of giving another chance when what was done was so severe that it doesn't deserve another chance but I am an advocate of giving 20 chances or more to those who have erred in a way that it's not that serious it's not a matter that you should break an entire relationship over a lot of the times we break relations with our brothers with our fathers with our children with our family members simply because of a little bit of money it happens there was a misunderstanding you got more than I did and so on and the relationship is gone forever wallahi the value of your relationship is beyond the 10 million that you're fighting about subhanallah the value of the relationship it depends who it is I'm not saying let it go I didn't say that some people say well look at this guy preaching just let it go no you can stand up and fight for your rights but do it respectfully you can stand up and ask and demand for what is yours but do it respectfully however to let go of an entire relationship or for you to become abusive and vulgar would actually make or perhaps create a bigger problem ask yourself for the sake of Allah we have to be forced to gather in the masjid on a Friday like it or not you have to come why otherwise you're not a Muslim 
Why? Why? What's the big deal about it? Why does Allah force me to come to a masjid with people I'm not related to? They don't even belong to my class or my category. That's what some people think. Wallahi, they are more than your class and category. They are your brothers and sisters. They are the part of the test of Allah for you. That's the whole reason why you're sitting in this masjid here and now. That's the reason why the guy next to you is the guy next to you. That's the reason why there's going to be an irritation. I came up and rigged up my little uh, tripod in front of me and I told myself, you know, I'm going to inconvenience the brothers here. But I'll say a quick prayer for them. May Allah bless you guys for the patience you're going to bear with me. Inshallah, it's a broader benefit. I know some of my buddies, as I walked in here, they must be thinking, subhanAllah, look at this guy. I have to do it on my own. People think you have a huge team. Yes, I am my team. I've got 10 people in my team. It's called a finger, 10 fingers. Can you see that? MashaAllah. <laughs> May Allah grant you all ease. But the point I'm making is, sometimes you will always get people who misunderstand. I had a brother, as I drove in and I was parking my car, my window was down. Lovely brother, amazing, handsome looking guy. He walks to me and I'm trying to wind my window, park the car, look at the time, get into the masjid before the time. I've got a million and one things on my mind and he wants to greet me through the window. And I'm busy trying to shut the window. I said, look brother, hold on. And then as I'm closing the window, I don't know, he may have felt, brother, I know you're sitting somewhere here, I love you. He may have felt or not felt. And then as the window is closing and, I, and he wanted to walk away, I opened my window, I, said, I opened my door. I said, brother, come back. Don't embarrass me, you're going away as though I chased you. I didn't chase you. But consider the fact that I'm also a human. I am doing something. I'm in the process of something extremely important. I made it to the masjid, making sure that I come here before 20 past 12, for example, in order to give me 10 minutes to rig up and set up. And then what happens? By default, you have a person. The brother was lovely enough to wait for me. And I came out, I gave him a little gift. I told him, my brother, I'm so sorry. Shook his hand and tried to ask him, what's your name, etc., etc. And mashallah, then he probably realized that, you know what? Yes, the man came out and greeted me. But you had to wait for those few seconds, isn't it? May Allah grant us ease. The reason I say this is because... Sometimes you can't do that. The person went away with the wrong perception of who you are. The first interaction that you had with someone and they really think you're a disaster. Not realizing that my man, 10,000 times I've done this. The one time that I didn't, now I'm judged. Allahu Akbar. I started off by saying it happens to every one of us. At some point in our lives, you're a lovely person. You give so much way to so many people. And you've really been so polite on the road that you're late for work all the time. But the once that you did not give someone way and you cut someone up, it happened to be your boss. Allahu Akbar. Now what? They get to you and say, you know what, this guy here, you're so shameless, you're so discourteous on the road. Relax. If you knew my life, I give more way than you, my man. But I'm too shy to tell that to you because you're my boss. May Allah grant us ease. I tell you, human beings are required to do their best. And remember, it's between you and Allah. People will hate you, even though you're a much better person than they are. People will hate you even though you're, you may be closer to Allah than they are. It's okay. It's one of those, did you try your best? Did you give it your best shot? Did you try to resolve matters? Did you try? Like I said, we are in this masjid now. Different colors, different races, different nationalities, different people of different social backgrounds and financial backgrounds and whatever else and so on. Why did Allah make it compulsory? Jumu'ah. If you haven't made it for jama'ah five times a day, 
At least you have to make it for the Jum'ah. Otherwise, like I said, you're not a Muslim. Allah wants you to mix with people who are not exactly like you. He wants you to talk to them, to greet them, to interact with them. He gives you an opportunity. You see a man from a different place. Are you going to at least greet? Assalamu alaikum, my brother, how are you? If someone is, uh, for example, with a tire that might need changing, do you actually offer assistance? Or my clothes are going to get messed, man. Relax. Assalamu alaikum, brother. Good luck changing your tire. I'm gone. Does a Muslim do that? No. No matter what you're dressed like. The minute you see someone needing help, what are you taught? What am I taught? Rush to help them. And Allah will rush to help you at a time of your need. That's the reason why the Jumu'ah is so important. Jama'ah, together. I've spoken about this a few times and it's a reminder to me because you know what? Even in my life, sometimes we feel I don't need to interact. Why should I interact with people whom I don't even know? Moments ago, my phone rang and I'm thinking, you know what? I don't recognize the number. It could be someone phoning and swearing. Sometimes it does happen. People just get your number and they want to demoralize you. It happens. By the way, it does happen. They phone you. They swear you from A to Z until you put the phone down. What have they done? They try to assassinate not just your character but your personality. And they want to, to drop your morale if you don't know and if it hasn't happened to you. Thank Allah. So I thought to myself, you know what? I'll call this number back after salah. I'm in no position to change my mood and mode prior to the prayer. Allahu Akbar. But sometimes you feel, why should I even answer this phone? Why do I, why do I even need to bother? I tell you why you need to bother. Because the hadith says a person who interacts with the people and bears their... What? A person who interacts with the people and bears their negativity is better than a person who doesn't interact with them at all. Subhanallah. But if you cannot bear someone's negativity, you're not compelled to interact. Because if it gets to a point where it's affecting your mental health and your well-being, trust me, to take a step back from whoever it may be is actually permissible. Sometimes you have a person within the family, a person within your circles, and it's become tough. And I've tried, and I've tried, and every time it's getting worse, and it's getting even worse, and it's becoming more and more toxic. I can stop at salamu alaykum wa alaykum salam and I'm out. I don't want to talk too much because you know what? Every time I speak, it's heading in the wrong direction. It gives me stress and anxiety to talk. Allahu Akbar. You're a human, so am I. It happens to us. Step back nicely. You see them, give them a nice opportunity to solve the matter by just greeting. Salaamu alaikum, peace be upon you. You may not be at peace with me, but guess what? I'm at peace with you. It's okay. My brothers, my sisters, you cannot please everyone. I want to take a moment to share with you something amazing. You see, at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, everyone knew that the Prophet ﷺ is the most truthful, the most trustworthy. Something amazing. He never ever was known as a liar. He was, people were asked, does this man tell a lie? They said, from the time he was born. There was not a single lie that we know that came out of this man's mouth. Why did that happen? Allah was preparing him for something very high. Imagine a guy in community comes here preaching to you and he's a liar. And everyone knows this guy lies left, right and center. Does he... Does he actually stand the chance of people believing him? But when a man is known as truthful and honest and really upright and great character and conduct, if that man comes to you and warns you about a day of judgment, you need to know if he didn't lie to you about money matters and worldly matters, why would he lie to you about matters of the hereafter? Subhanallah. 
So Nabi Muhammad ﷺ, when he came through, they knew he was honest. They knew he was upright. They knew his wives were as chaste and as pure as ever. Still, there was a man who created a rumor about Aisha radiallahu anha. What happened? They saw her coming back from a journey, but the caravan she was riding and something had happened and now she was, she was coming on a camel that belonged to a man. What was his name? His name was Safwan ibn al-Mu'attal radiallahu anhu. And so, guys, and this happens a lot of the times, where guys see something and they believe their eyes. And sometimes it's not a matter of believing eyes, it's mischief. I got the chance to nail this guy. That's exactly what happened. It happens to you and I. And now at the age or in the age of social media, it's, ha- it's going to happen more. You hear something, you see something. It's not as you think it is. It's not as you think it is. And so what did they do? A man called Mistah ibn Athatha, also radiallahu anhu, he was related to Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu, and he was a poor person. And he was being fed and looked after by Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu, quietly behind the scenes, he started spreading rumor. She's having an affair. Astaghfirullah. In fact, it was worse than that. Speaking about who? The most pure of the pure. If they could talk about her, imagine how painful it must have been for the messenger وسلم, to hear something about his wife. If you had to hear about your wife in public circles among the men, how would you feel? I, I know we're in South Africa. I don't know to say what would you do. But subhanallah, you know how you would feel to say the least. Right? Talk about my wife. Huh, wait, let's see what happens. Subhanallah, Rabbil Alameen. Am I right or wrong, guys? So, if we can't bear that someone says something like that about a woman who's not a wife of a messenger or a daughter of a companion, may Allah's peace and blessings be on them, what do you think was the condition there? The Prophet says, Man ya'dhuruni fi rajulin qad balaga adahu fi bayti or fi ahli. Who will excuse me regarding this man here? Whose harm has reached my own household now? Meaning enough is enough. What's this guy trying? There were a few people who kept spreading rumor and they kept kept saying things. But the point is, there came a time when Allah released revelation from the heavens. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent revelation. What was the revelation? Allah says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ جَاءُوا بِالْإِفْكِ عُصْبَةٌ مِّنْكُمْ لَا تَحْسَبُوهُ شَرًّا لَكُمْ بَلْ هُوَ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ لِكُلِّ امْرِئٍ مِّنْهُمْ مَكْتَسَبَ مِنَ الْإِثْمِ وَالَّذِي تَوَلَّا كِبْرَهُ مِنْهُمْ لَهُ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ Allah Almighty speaks about the, the amazing clarification that is mentioned in the Quran. Allah says, those who came with the false accusation. The minute the term false accusation is mentioned, you already know that was all a lie. They are a part of you. Don't think it to be bad for you. In fact, it is good for you. That's the title today. How can that be good for me? How can it be good for me? 10,000 times... Like I said at the beginning of this lecture, 10,000 times I did the right thing and people were satisfied. One guy who walked into my business, something happened, his motor vehicle or whatever your business is, his something went wrong 
I gave him something and it went wrong and he came in and tried to portray my entire business as something that is a fraud or something that is bad. So you find the ratings, the rankings go down. You find all the uh, references around have started becoming negative because of one guy. And now Allah is telling you, it's a different story, but I'm drawing the example that it's not bad for you. It's actually good for you. You believe you're a good person. You know, I remember seeing a little video they did as a social experiment where there was a man who was clearing up a certain field at a school after a party. And he was picking up all the litter. Among the litter were beer bottles. Among the litter, beer bottles. So this guy is picking up the beer bottles and he's throwing them into the bin. In the meantime, we're living in an age of social media, mashallah, tick and talk. In order to tick and talk that particular app, you need to put something interesting, right? Because people flick, they'll keep on flicking. You want to draw their attention to stop the flicking. What do you do? Show them a guy with a big beard and a bottle. As soon as he sees that, he stops. Hey, now we found something, man. What's this? He's got a bottle. Look at this guy. He doesn't know the context that this man was doing such a noble deed to clear out a field where there was litter. And part of the thing was perhaps there might have been whatever. There were beer bottles. He picked them up and threw them away. Is it haram to pick up an empty beer bottle and throw it away when it is litter in your own yard or in the yard of somewhere where you are responsible? It's not. It's part of picking up litter. It doesn't even have the alcohol in it. So now the guy's got a lovely picture. And guess what? He's making a killing out of it and he's enjoying it. In the meantime, people are starting to say, Astaghfirullah, this guy. Astaghfirullah, this guy. Poor innocent man comes to the masjid with such a lovely heart. And people look at him as though he is the fraud of frauds. Look at this hypocrite. He's coming to the first stuff, but he's, I, got, I got evidence against him with photos that he's handling the bottles. La ilaha illallah. Part of your story is actually a tale and the other part is all false. Allahu Akbar. What a great guy. What a lovely person. You need him in your society actually. He'll help clear up everywhere around. So Allah tells you it's not bad for you, it's good for you. Allah told Aisha radiallahu anha and Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anha and the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Don't think this is bad for you. This is good for you. Why? Why? Why when people spread rumor about you and I, it's good for us. Allah is saying, it's good for you. Don't worry. It's not bad for you. But how? I'm a human. I'm struggling. I'm suffering as a result of all of this. How can it be good for me? The question is, what do you want? What is ultimate success? You're a believer, right? What is ultimate success? Is it not Jannah? Is it not paradise? Your ultimate success? Yes. Well, if you're going to get paradise through negatives that might happen to you on earth, at least you arrived at the prize that you were looking for, for the hereafter. You've got Jannah. Maybe not because you were so regular with all the good deeds, but because someone wronged you to the degree that Allah says, don't worry, it's good for you. We'll give you Jannah. Then on that day, what will happen? You can have the last laugh. The Quran speaks about how the kuffar laugh at the Muslimin. And Allah says, فَالْيَوْمَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مِنَ الْكُفَّارِ يَضْحَكُونَ عَلَى الْأَرَائِكِ on that day, the Mu'mineen, the Muslimin, will have the opportunity to laugh at the kuffar while reclining on their little sofas, mashallah. Reclining on the sofa, ha, ha, ha. To who? To those who did the ha, ha, ha in the dunya against you. Allahu Akbar. And Allah says, look at what's happened now. Mashallah. 
A lot of us might say, well, you know what? It's not a matter of me laughing or not. I just want Jannah. I tell people, I need one meter squared in paradise. If I got that, bugger the world. Allahu Akbar. There it goes. So never mind what they are saying. They will continue saying they have to be. If they speak about you, they spoke about better people than you, worse things than they are saying about you. So if you think you got the raw end of the stick, trust me, they got it even worse. But what, how did they manage it? They managed it with faith. The moral of what I'm saying today, when people think negative of you as a decent person, and you know you're trying, and you know you've tried to make amends, and you know you've tried to reach out, and you've tried to bend this way and that way to accommodate as much as you, you can, but you're a human, don't worry. Don't worry. You tried your best. Don't worry. Leave it to Allah. It's good for you. It's good that they don't like you. No, not everyone needs to like you. If they didn't like the Prophet, peace be upon him, where on earth do you think they're going to like you and I? They look at you and they'll just judge you based on your clothing. Hey, this guy looks a bit extreme. Just stay away. Khalas, it's okay. It's fine. But when you get stuck down the road, the only guy who's going to come to help you is the same guy you thought of that. Negative thought. That's what happens. It, it happens by default a lot of the times. That's Allah's way of doing things. Don't worry. We judge people today. Wallahi, we judge. May Allah forgive me. Wallahi, we judge. May Allah forgive me. Remember, I said that because I'm also a human. You look at someone and you look at the way they look and immediately you've already got so much happening. Hey, close your windows. Like my man, relax. I know in South Africa you've got to close your windows anyway. Mashallah. But if you're looking at someone and automatically giving them a judgmental look, you need help. These people here that we have next to you and those you interact with on a daily basis, they are your brothers and sisters. Allah is testing you. That's why He made it complete for all of you to come to the masjid. Friday, you have to come. You've got no option. And you're going to sit next to not who you choose. You're going to sit next to whom Allah chooses. Go easy on them. Allah placed them right next to you. I remember one day I was in the masjid. Wallahi, may Allah forgive me. And I went into the saf and the brother next to me had a strong smell of two things that came out. One was Cigarettes that I picked up myself. It was too strong. It was like perhaps chain, maybe so many boxes a day, whatever it might have been. Or maybe he works at a store. Uh, in fact, let's think positive. Okay, maybe he works at a store where, they, where they, it's a smoking lounge. Allah forgive. But secondly, I later got to know that that's the smell of weed. Allahu Akbar. There was this, we call it a clunk. You know, there was a smell. It was so foul. Allahu Akbar. <laughs> Sorry. You know what I'm saying. It was so foul. And I'm thinking, what should I do? I'm saying, Allahu Akbar. I broke my salah and I walked off. And I went away. I read, read the other side of the stuff. I felt so bad. Later on, later on, some time later, when I started talking and I started addressing people and so on, I actually went back to this brother and said, my man, do you remember the day I went? He said, Wallahi, it was the best thing you could have done because after that I quit smoking. I'm going to apologize to him to say, I felt bad that you know what? Actually, I had to walk away. I couldn't stand the smoke. You know what he told me? You're not the first guy who did it. Allahu Akbar. So I'm busy thinking to myself that as much as we say we have to interact with the people next to us in a beautiful way, as much as we say we have to interact with them, ask yourself, am I in a position that those around me would actually be Pleased to interact with a guy like me. Imagine, I come to the masjid, I'm smelling. If the hadith says onions is a problem, garlic is a problem, and that's some top food, my man. That is some top food. If that is a problem and the hadith says you've had that, go and wash your mouth. You know why? You're going to harm the angels before the rest of the people. 
You're coming to the masjid, wash your mouth, clean yourself, you know. I tell people, use underarm. I'm a human being. You have a shower and you don't use underarm and you're a person who sweats. Wallahi, you're going to create a disaster in the masjid, in the house of Allah. Because you're going to come and you know what? People might not want to stand next to you. They can't wait for the salah to be over. That's the hadith speaking about onions and, and garlic. And I'm telling you that it also goes beyond that to perspiration. Imagine we're talking about it from the house of Allah. The reason is we need to gather. We need to get together. We need to love each other. Give people reason to love you, not to hate you. Then if they want to hate you, it's okay. It's better for you. It's not bad. But if you were the reason, then come, let's address the matter. Let's address them because sometimes we are the problem. I'm the problem sometimes. May Allah Almighty grant us ease and goodness. May Allah Almighty help us so that whenever people judge us in whatever way and whatever they say, the negatives, may Allah help us go through it. Because wallahi, it's a challenge. Everyone goes through it on their level. And I'm sure, like I said, every single one of us, I'm sure we've been judged wrongly by this one and that one. So go easy on others as well. Have a good perception of people. Not everything that you see is actually the way you see it. Before we used to say, seeing is believing. Today, you've got to find out because when you see things online, it can be totally artificially created, completely. The voice and the video, it can be totally artificially created created and then you're using that against an individual or people are using it against you it's going to be painful i want to end off by telling you the reason why allah says it's better for you when people do this for you is because the sabr and the patience is good it will refine you you get jannah and at the same time allah almighty softens your heart and elevates your status to the degree that you will already have such a beautiful magnificent presence in this dunya and those who are willing or those who are going to appreciate it will definitely feel that may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala use us to do good in our homes we are coming into the run-up of ramadan as i close i just want to say let's purify ourselves before ramadan normally to seek forgiveness before ramadan is actually very important because we want to enter the month as pure as possible. Don't think because Ramadan is a month of forgiveness, I can commit my last sins right up to the end. The moon is sighted and I'll stop. No, no, no. From now, we, we turn to Allah. You'll have a blessed Ramadan. You'll have a beautiful month. May Allah bless us. Remember, bear in mind, just recently, we were unable to even sit the way we are here right now in the masjid. Thank Allah a billion times. And one of the means and ways of thanking Him is to make sure you make the most of it. Because we know how it feels when it was not there. We had almost two Ramadans where we struggled and we suffered. One of them was worse than the other. But at the same time, here's Ramadan coming. Let's plan for it in a beautiful way. And we fill up the masajid and we ensure that Allah Almighty's mercy descends on us because we're seeking His forgiveness day and night.